It's great to see y'all concentrating up toward this part. I, uh, usually churches kind of scatter all the way out and you can't, you can't see everybody. It's good to be back with y'all this morning. And we came in from Kansas and we're really grateful to, for the Lord's protection and his enablement. We've had a busy furlough up until now. We came back to uh, the States on April 19th and we're going back to Italy, Lord willing, October 3rd. And we're about almost to the two-thirds point, and we've, uh, when it's all said and done, we should be in around 25 states in five and a half months, and so we're kind of living uh, out of the car and uh, keeping moving. Yesterday uh, was a nice long journey, but uh, it's uh, wonderful how God is at work at in Italy, and I am very grateful for this Sunday school hour. In addition to the morning message, to time to to share with you what you have been a part and uh, of since 1984. We were kind of comparing notes with Becky. Does that sound right? 84, 85. The, the church has been supporting us here. I think so. Anyway, we are very, very grateful for the way you have been so faithful and generous toward us in the ministry over there. And particularly, we want to thank you for your prayer support, especially this past year when we had COVID and we were really, uh, really um, not for sure how things were going to all work out, but the Lord brought us through and uh, our children uh, weren't for sure that, uh, that whether or not we were going to make it. And so we're really grateful for the God giving us a new lease on life and we know that it's his plan that we're still to be faithful and to serve him. And so we just want to say a big thank you. Grazie di cuore, as they would say in Italian. Heartfelt thanks to you all for, for being standing behind us. Um, we're back on our furlough. I think being from Plainfield Bible Church, you should know what furloughs are about. It's when you report back to churches. And we take the model from Acts 14. Uh, when Paul and Barnabas came back to the church at Antioch in verse 26 and 27, and they, they came back and they gathered the church together and reported all that God had done through them and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. And then they moved on down to Jer- Jerusalem, and even there, uh, when they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and the elders whom they, uh, to whom they reported everything God had done through them. Um, this is what a furlough is all about, is reporting back to churches what God has been doing to build his church and uh, the fact that the gates of hell won't prevail against it uh, has been very very encouraging to us because we realize that we're involved in a ministry that is his and he is the builder he is the constructor we're just his servants and whatever he wants us to do and and however to serve our major um our major goals in previous terms were to evangelize, disciple, and to build various, church, uh, to do church planting. And uh, that took place in, in various ethnic groups, and we're going to share more about that. La- previous terms, we are also able to get up, uh, uh, or not get up, but to reconstruct, renovate uh, a building for our Italian church. And that proved to be a tremendous blessing during COVID because we had space that we could do the social distancing. As you probably know, Italy got hit uh, really hard during COVID as one of the nations that got hit the hardest. 
and a lot of churches closed down. Uh, they weren't able to meet at all. And even the last Sunday in April when we came, we were all wearing masks and still doing the social distancing and everything. So it, it, I'm not for sure what the update is on that right now, but I do know that uh, there's been another wave coming and uh, we'll see how, where that goes. But nonetheless, the church grew during that time and we're grateful for that. Um, our last term uh, has been very intense with evangelism and discipleship and leadership training. In, in addition to that, then we also had our, the Bible Institute from Rome that came up, and we had uh, over 30 of our ch- church people. And I say church people, that involves from our, the Italian church, the, the Filipino church, the Gypsy church, and the Arabic group were participating in this Bible school. Um, and so that was about, a, ended up, it was a four-year program, ended up being four and a half years because all of our people have their jobs to do, they have their families to tend to, and they have their ministries and church to do, and then they have the, all their collateral reading and uh, doing the testing and so forth. It was a very intense time, but we rejoiced. That was a, a major project and goal that we had for last term, and the Lord graciously got us through that time and we are very, very grateful. In addition to that, we also had um, uh, a wonderful provision from the Lord uh, to build, uh, I say build, uh, purchase a, a pre-existing building, uh, gut it, and renovate it uh, for the Filipino Bible Church. They, had used, they were meeting at Venice on the island in a public library, a public library that had uh, canvas seats and the canvas was so broken out on certain ones you didn't know if when you sat on the chair if you were going to end up on the floor or not and the heating didn't always work in the winter time and the cooling didn't work in this often in the summertime and uh, since we were a religious group we often got preempted for cultural groups that wanted to use the library and when that happened all the little filipinos were squished into somebody's living room Granted, they are smaller stature, but to get, you know, 50 or 60 Filipinos in a living room is, is still like sardines. So we were so gr- grateful that the Lord provided a couple of very generous gifts, and we were able to actually purchase and then renovate and be debt-free for their new building. And they are so grateful for how the Lord provided. So, and a third thing, besides the Bible Institute and the uh, building for the Filipinos, was also go- going live streaming. And that was a total um, adventure. We had a lady that had scouted out our church and thought that we were a very strategic church in northeastern Italy for getting our services online. And even prior to COVID, she was scheduled to come to give us some training, seminar-type uh, uh, approach to how to, to go online with our services. And she arrived about a week before the close down of COVID, just to, to give you an idea of God's sovereignty and how uh, all these things work together. And so uh, as we were on total shutdown for two and a half months, we were able to actually get up and going again. And when a lot of churches were still closed down and some have little storefront buildings and they don't they were already stuffed in a small area and didn't have the room so we're very um, grateful for the live streaming uh, ministry that God made possible so those were very um, 
important things that took place last term and very stretching as we wanted to keep the ministry going even though we had these logistical problems to to deal with and God was very gracious and provided uh, and even in health and energy and and personnel. We have uh, future goals. Many people look at us and they see our gray hair and they say, now are you getting ready to retire? And Kathy and I uh, don't feel that that's what God wants. (laughs) We um, are going back and as long as our mental faculties and the physical health permit, we want to keep ministering there in, in Italy, in northeastern Italy, in the province of Venice. And as we go back, no, I mentioned the 30-plus-some uh, students that had gone through the Bible uh, Institute program. We want to uh, mentor and to encourage and coach and neutrally train them uh, in other church plants in our area. I'll remind you of things that we've said previously. Um, We have people coming to our church church services from almost one hour in all four directions. Uh, Good Bible-preaching churches in Northeast Italy are far far apart and hard to come by. And um, we also did a study, and within a one-hour radius of where we live— there are over 1,000 towns, cities, and villages without a sound preaching gospel church. 1,000. And so our job is not done. Uh, As long as we have energy and breath and the capability, there's so much to be done. But having people coming in from such a distance is also um, a key way of uh, having strategic uh, church planting in, in those areas that are further away and so that we can better uh, impact the area because, you know, people that are coming from an hour away, it's hard for them to be effective in reaching their areas and, get, you know, bringing people in and so forth. So our goal is to be able to help uh, mentor and encourage some of these new people to get involved in uh, new ministries and develop their skills in evangelism and pastoring the flock and new leaders, assisting them in these church plants. And um, also another goal for right during our furlough is to raise additional support for our gypsy pastor, Slato, too, who is doing a a, a very important ministry among the Italian gypsies. Um, A new church, a new endeavor that just has gotten going in the last few months is uh, a ministry to... um, the, need, uh, the homeless people in a nearby town called Padova, it's a university town, and many people that live on the streets. And we have several people that have uh, been saved out of a life of drug addiction. And uh, two or three of them had a kind of a vision to, to do something among the homeless. And so they've had around 20 professions of faith in, in this people group at Padova. When we get back, I think that somehow we're going to have to trust the Lord to show us what a church plant looks like for somebody like this. Um, people that don't have a job, they don't have a car, uh, they usually have quite a few problems because they are where they're at because they do have problems. And we want to somehow create an environment where they can be uh, discipled in Christ and grow, 
become responsible in, in faith and then also to reach out to other needy people. And I really think God has a heart for people like that as he does just even the more uppity-do people in society. God has a heart. Um, he loves all these people. He came to save all of them. Uh, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And uh, Kathy and I have learned that love through the Lord is without ba- b- boundaries. Um, when he opened our hearts to the ministry of gypsies, that was a very uh, stretching experience. Uh, many people are very fearful of g- gypsies in Italy. They um, rob, uh, uh, they abduct children sometimes, they, um, they st- go into homes, uh, they pickpocket, they steal cars and recycle them, they, um, huh? Slato's mother was a palm uh, hand reader, and it's kind of an unusual thing how uh, she had this obstacle to overcome, to come know Christ. His dad was made objects of worship, the Madonna, for example, Mary, for Catholic worship. Um, and that was also uh, something that uh, when he came to study the Word of God, knew that it was not right to have images. Um, really cool how God opened our hearts and our lives and to the point of um, one day I got a phone call. Uh, I don't think I've shared this with you previously, so I just a little time of extra time here in Sunday school hour. I th- thought you could appreciate what God is doing among them. I got a phone call asking for information on how to teach children about God. And so I got some materials together and went to the address or tried to find the address would be a more accurate way to say it. And when I got there uh, to that area, I couldn't find it. So I stopped and I asked some people, where, where is this address? I can't find it. Oh, that's the gypsy camp down the road. The gypsy camp. And I was, a lot of things were reeling in my mind, all the imagery of what usually gypsies represent in Italy, fear that people have in them. I had my little daughter at that time with me, wondering, okay, is this even safe to go? And yet realizing, hey, if somebody wants to teach their children about God, who am I to judge or to hold back? And so God pushed us right into their living room. I say living room. You have to kind of have, understand the gypsy setting. They had trailers kind of in a compound, and they had a a simple building in the center, and that was where they would meet together for meals. Over in one corner, there was an open fire where they would prepare their food, and (coughs) so as I went in there, they encircled me and my my daughter and uh, starting to ask questions. Excuse me. And I started um, showing them the books that I had brought. And one thing led to another. Their questions about God and who we were and so forth. And I found myself offering to do a Bible study with them. I 
those words just come tumbling out and because that's just how I am by nature with other people. And, and, and then I realize, you know, they need it too. And God just opened up a really wonderful opportunity and that little simple context to, to teach them what the word of God. They, are, they were people that were very curious. And so I started a Bible study and that led to also another thing. While I was trying to do the adults, the little kids were running around. Uh, I, I have to be careful what I say because I don't want to sound racist. I, I'm, you know, they were just running around pretty lively. <laughs> and, and it was hard to kind of connect, you know, a discourse and make it logical to the people. And my daughters always liked to tag along with me. And um, so... They said, Dad, while you're doing the adults, maybe we could do something with the kids while you're, while you're doing Bible studies with the adults. And I thought, oh, that sounds like a pretty good idea. And then all of a sudden, then they would have to go off in some other part of the gypsy compound, and I, they wouldn't be under my eye or protection. You know, dads worry about those kind of things. And there again, God helped overcome the natural fear and Felicia in particular, and Elizabeth, and I uh, can't remember, Joy was already gone. I can't, I think she was at, at high school away. At any rate, um, they started doing children's ministry. And interesting enough, some of the adult believers today are some of the kids that they did the church, the children's ministry with. <laughs> oh, that's really neat how God works. And Donna, right? excuse me i shouldn't have said that i every five years that we come back it's hard always to connect and no names and everything and i i'm sorry about that um it's good to see you it was really neat how god worked in the gypsy work and really created not a superficial but a deep love for them and they started coming to our church services and sometimes when they first came some of the ladies with their purses would kind of be thinking, you know, we have gypsies here, watch out. And, uh, and now, to just give you an idea of how God is building his church and changing people, transforming them, um, Slato got a real honest job, and at t- first he was ridiculed by his, his own people because why work hard to get money when you can do it so much easier in other ways? But he was moved to do that, and now he's very much admired and, and appreciated for his consistency in his Christian life. But as we were having evangelistic meetings and other gypsies and so forth, uh, Slato said, we'll keep our eyes on the other gypsies. You don't need to worry about anything. In fact, we've never had anything disappear. It, there were some challenges sometimes ministering with gypsies, but not the things that I could have imagined would have been the problems. Spiritual problems, yes, and serious ones that God was able to overcome and rule. Um, Just to show you how God intervenes, when we have our annual church business meetings and we have all the Italians together, what do we do with the children? Well, Slato and his wife, his nephew and his wife are our babysitters. And in a normal context, people would have thought we were crazy 
to have gypsies taking care of our children. But just to show how God in his grace and his transforming power can change situations in, in such that our church people love Slato. We've had him as a special speaker for men's meetings or evangelistic events, and, and, and people love him. And I, I think to myself, isn't that fantastic, the grace of God and his power and what he can do to transform? And I never get tired of bragging on what God does in people's lives and how each one is a trophy of his grace. And uh, that story could be repeated over and over and over, not just in the gypsy work, but also in the Filipino work and in the Arabic group and Muslims coming to know the Lord, uh, drug addicts, people that have tried to commit suicide, and then just a lot of religious people that needed to get saved and transformed. And so God is building his church. So um, I thought maybe I would just open up for a few of your questions and then also leave you some prayer requests. So I don't know if you have... uh, um, any particular questions about our ministry among the ver- various uh, ethnic groups? Our Italian church is the biggest of the works. It, we, we, the area where we're at right now, we went there in 1983 and started, I like the expression, from scratchy scratch uh, because we only had one lady that we knew of that was truly born again, and she was a radio contact. Uh, she had come to know the Lord through uh, Monte, uh, Radio Monte Carlo, and through her, then we started building. And then the, the, the Italian church now, if we have everybody, uh, it would be well over 220, 30 people uh, that are, uh, would be a part of our family there. Uh, the, uh, the Filipino church, uh, in each case, the, the work started from um, uh, one believer and then more believers were added and, and up to, to where we're at today. And that was true in the Filipino church. Uh, later on, you'll see our audiovisual presentation that we started out with. There was one little Filipino girl who came two and a half hours one way to be at our services. And through her, then she rented an apartment at Venice and invited her friends. And, and so I went there to start out with an evangelistic Bible study. And one thing led to another. They were all women at the beginning. And we prayed for men. And the men started coming. And then they, their children were maybe back in, 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 um, in, in uh, the Philippines. And they were per- participating in religious processions with the Madonna or something like that. I said... God gave those children to you, not to the grandparents. And you need to be the ones that are raising them for the Lord. So now we have a lot of, of Filipino families, and, but it wasn't that way at the beginning. But like I say, from humble beginnings, from one, two people, and then it just kept multiplying. The same was true with the, um, with the um, uh, Arabic work. We're hoping that they'll be able to grow more. And each one we... Just another recent development is a church plant in, in Castelfranco, which is about 45 minutes to the north of us. Uh, neat there, again, w- w- we had a Valentine's banquet one time, and I invited a, s- a speaker from Rome who had been a Red Brigade terrorist who came to know Christ, went to Bible school, and became a pastor. And we had him give his testimony. Well, when he came up to our place, he had some relatives up there at Castelfranco. We invited them down. They came, 
Uh, interesting, some of our people at the Valentine's banquet thought this guy should be in prison. He shouldn't be out there, you know, on the loose. Not able to appreciate that God had transformed him, and now he was a minister of the gospel. But at any rate, to make a long story short, this cousin of his, uh, after seven years of planting the seed, going up there every year with a gospel calendar, I was able to finally lead her to the Lord, and six months later, her husband. And now there's a church in their home. It's a church, uh, a house church. And we had our first baptisms there uh, a few months ago. And we were that, right before we got hit with COVID. Before COVID, we had a great service up there. And we had a, a, a neat baptismal service in the Italian church. And then Bamel. <laughs> and it, but, you know, God was never left us or forsook us in all those times. So, Excuse me, I just wanted to give a little bit more uh, substance to what God is doing to build up various ethnic groups there in Italy, and we trust by his grace that there will be more. Questions? Yes, sir. Our area where we're at is a very, very strong uh, stronghold for Catholicism. Um, they're, uh, they're more devote in the, the Veneto area than in other regions. If you look at Operation World, uh, the book on statistics of missions, uh, our Veneto area and the Trento area, Trentino area, which is where the Council of Trent uh, took place, those two are strongholds of Catholicism. So yeah, we, that is something. When we first went there, the local priest warned his people not to have anything to do with us. He did that at public mass. And some, someone actually came uh, because of curiosity after he said that to find out who we were. But um, the other group that is more, uh, the, the, the Je- Jehovah's Witnesses are very strong there because they got a head start on us. And... Uh, Unfortunately, they, they have several thousand people that are now devoted to their religion. But Roman Catholic people, if you, if you can get there and, and get, um, just plant the seed, God can bring them to the Lord. And we've seen that happen over and over. Um, they have much religion, but usually it's very, very thin, a very thin veneer of what their understanding is about the Word of God. And so as they um, come, we kind of have a, a stair-step approach to our evangelism. We, the, the, the first uh, um, encounters that we have with people we feel is very important to be kind and loving and respectful and, and just to kind of have a, 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 a good relationship with the people. And then we gradually try to work up a stair-step of, of approach with them and trying to maybe reach out to them later with uh, acts of kindness. My wife, uh, cooks and cookies or something or maybe hospitality in our home and so th- those little gestures and then maybe at christmas time taking a gospel calendar like we have out in our display table and with that maybe some cookies initially and and there then later invite them to um an event an evangelistic event we usually had several during the course of the year our, our valentine's banquet we usually have um either may 1st or april 25th uh sport sports day uh, and it's like all day long from the morning to the evening, and we have during that time, uh, time uh, lots of games, but then we have uh, 
a t- singing time, a testimony time, and a, a message. And um, that, that's really a neat opportunity. Then we have uh, a, a grill out, a big grill out in the summertime. Uh, we've had up to 235 people. It's not a backyard grill out, but quite uh, big. And then w- in the fall, we usually have uh, a Thanksgiving service. We have... Um, um, a cri- oh, I skipped Easter, uh, usually a, an Easter service and a Christmas service. So those were kind of some of the main appointments. Then baptismal services are always big over there because a lot of people are kind of curious about uh, uh, um, what a, our baptisms look like. They're used to infant baptisms. So uh, when we have, uh, and we always, when we have baptisms, we have people write up their testimonies. I usually kind of coach them with that. They write it, and then I look through it and kind of make sure that they're, th- the way they express themselves is clear. And so it's very touching when they do give their testimonies during a baptismal service. And sometimes our, they can get pretty long, uh, our services, because maybe you have seven or eight people getting baptized, but we feel like it's a really an important time. And um, also... Um, other situations that come up, weddings or funerals or whatever it is, are always a, a really unique time for to let our light shine for the Lord. So, um, getting back to your your question with the Roman Catholic context, we try in whatever way, and as people come to some of these events and their curiosity is, is stimulated, then we try to get them into an initial uh, Bible study, and I like to maybe for a month or so without any strings attached. And if they want to continue on, then we can continue on otherwise. Um, so, and usually it's in the context that we w- work our way up the ladder when in that context of Bible studies that people make their conversions because it's that repeated exposure to the word of God that, that chisels away at their, their uh, the, the, um, the self-sufficiency that they have from just a religious uh, um, lifestyle but to realize christianity is all about a relationship with god and it's not just a religion i don't know if that i try to how predominant i i answered that question didn't i i thought i did i said the the, the, the two the 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 uh veneto area and the santino are very oh in the immigrant work Oh, I didn't hear that word ethic. I'm sorry. Yes, well, the Filipinos are very much Catholic as well. You know, the Filipino islands, uh, the 90% are Catholic and then 10% are Muslim. So uh, that everything I said about the Italians pertains to them as well. And the gypsies are too. Gypsies, if they're in, in Italy, they're, they tend to be uh, Catholic. And if they're in another, you know, in, in Germany, maybe they're Lutheran because it, it, that way they get a subsi- uh, you know, help from whatever re- religious group is present. So they, it's kind of opportune that they are in good relationships with whichever the predominant religion is, but not because of religious conviction, but because of uh, pr- practical help. Anyone else? Let's go to him first and now I'll come back, Okay. <laughs> Okay, uh, can I involve my wife for something so you can kind of hear her too? Because I'll be preaching later. And I, uh, 
Is there another mic that we can Next give to? Five. We have five children, and uh, they, thankfully they uh, have all married fine Christian people and are living for the Lord. <laughs> so we have uh, two sons, the oldest and the youngest. I, I don't know. How many of you have met them at other times? Tell them the pictures on the display. Yeah, we have the pictures on the display out there. And um, then we have two of our daughters that help us in Italy. And they're, we like to say they're our best co-workers because they truly are. <laughs> With their husbands uh, that are very vital to the Italian ministry in particular, but they even help us and, and covering in the other ministries as well. And... Um, then we have an, uh, the middle daughter. Uh, she and her husband are in Florida, and he is a pastor down there. So we have 16 grandchildren. 13 are natural, and three are, are um, adopted. It's very wonderful how the Lord put it on the, the minds of our children to adopt these children. It's been a great blessing. That's very brief. Our sons live in the Kansas City area. On our display table, there's a, a frame viewer that they got for us for our 50th anniversary. And so we thought it was fi fitting to, um, to have that on our display table with their pictures. So if you want to see an updated picture. I think I got this mix mixed up. Uh, Mason, oh, are, you, are you familiar with it too? Okay, the other question. Thank you. Yeah. The, the initial reaction is usually hostile. Um, the only thing is, is that as they, it depends. I try, when there's a new convert, I try to immediately coach them to be, uh, to uh, demonstrate two qualities, love and humility. And as they share their faith, their newfound faith in, in all their enthusiasm and stuff, to, to couch that with love and humility because otherwise they can sound like they're pretty arrogant and the sin of presumption, which is uh, a sin that Catholics uh, often mention. Um, the, God has done exciting things in their life and they want to communicate that to someone else. What has usually happened is initially there is hostility, but as they see the fruits and the, the stability and the, uh, uh, the uh, what do you call it, the, uh, uh, when a person is, uh, huh? The transformation. The transformation, yeah, and uh, not consistency. At any rate, they're, uh, I, I, I battle with the English words coming, <laughs> sorry. At any rate, uh, as they get to know the, the product you know, then times that went uh, with time, then usually the hostility changed to admiration and respect, especially if they are successful in being loving and humble in the way they express themselves. Yes. Yes. He is one of our, uh, he's one of the three elders, myself and two, uh, Marco and him. Uh, and, uh, 
we love him and he is preaching the word every we take turns preaching i i co-pastor with him and a lot of people love luigi um in the way that he expounds the word of god and he was one of the students also that went through this four and a half year program uh and uh, we we're grateful for god's miracle in his life and um it was it's amazing god granted him another son even after luigi's fall and he has three dynamic sons the fall is kind of you know if you break your leg and sometimes have permanent damage from breaking your leg you might kind of limp um, he has a different kind of a limp in in that uh he has um uh, from the for those of you that don't know he fell about six meters and hit head first on concrete and and, and sharp edged concrete ch- chippings, and um, so he was in coma for three weeks and then uh, in the hospital no two weeks and then three months in the hospital. So, but he has a, a post syndrome uh, thing of of the trauma from that. So loud noises or, or his three dynamic sons, too much noise and confusion in the home at times gets a little on <laughs> on his uh, ner- nerves. But that we, uh, yeah, <laughs> and you and you didn't have the fall. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't hold it against him. I, yeah, I think all of us, our sense of concentration when there's a lot of confusion is yeah, we're, 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 uh, we're t- tempted to, to lose our cool. But at any rate, uh, he's, he does. Oh, yeah, his left hand is, is he, does a, his, he has a business of uh, uh, security systems, and uh, he counts on both hands. And his left hand was left... Uh, uh, weakened, and he doesn't have the the strength or the dexterity that he used to have. But still, God has enabled him to. He has some very unique ways of getting that hand to work uh, and and still get his job done. Okay, I'll share some prayer. Anybody else? I don't want to cut off questions. If you have any more, yes. Okay, Dio ha tanto amato il mondo che ha dato il suo unico genito figliolo affinché chiunque crede in lui non perisca ma abbia vita eterna. Okay, Giovanni 3, 16. Okay. <laughs> Got it? <laughs> okay. A few prayer requests. Um, we are the only missionaries left with our mission board in Italy. And it is difficult to get new missionaries in uh, to Italy. I won't say impossible, but difficult for various reasons. Um, sometimes people don't want to have to learn a new language. Uh, sometimes it's hard to raise support. Uh, sometimes it's a little of a uh, uh, challenge to get through all the uh, gymnastics of the legal system to get visas. Uh, but um, as a result, Kathy and I are very dependent on building a strong national leadership so like when we're gone on furlough the ministry continues on and so that is um, a, a real blessing but we ask that you pray for our leaders over there that they that have been left in charge of the various groups that they will have wisdom and uh, be serving the lord raising godly families and um, uh, that the churches can prosper even during this time of our absence 
I would ask you to pray too that we can have um, a good follow-up plan for this group of uh, homeless people that are coming to know the Lord and to help us know what a church plant looks like with that kind of group of people and the challenges that they represent. Uh, I would ask that you pray for our youth groups. Uh, They really took a toll uh, during COVID. We had between 30 and 40 uh, in our senior high group uh, before COVID, and uh, they probably lost 10 or 15 kids there and trying to work that back up. We have our junior high group. They're they're around 15 to 20. Um, We had over 50 kids, though, in camp this summer, which we were really grateful for, and that God would turn their hearts back to him and that uh, the ones that have strayed or not living out their lives like we would want for them to, um, that you would pray that the gypsy and Arabic ministries can regain momentum because of the compound situation for the gypsies that live close together, you can imagine that COVID kind of came through like a wild brush fire and really did a, a number on them as well. So a lot of them, to use an Italian expression, are kind of fearful to come back to meetings in, with, in presence. So <clears throat> that you would pray that God would um, help them to have courage to come back and that God would also help them to grow in numbers again. A a fifth uh, subject of prayer is a young Filipino man that we mentioned in our last prayer letter who um, just finished the residential Bible school down at Rome. And he is a very godly young man. Um, All through his teenager years, he's never um, demonstrated rebellion. He's always been exemplary. And um, he is was voted on unanimously by our church to support him for 13 months, uh, half time uh, in the ministry. And you say, why 13 months? After that, he hopes to go back and get his master's degree in theology. And we trust and pray that God will direct him back to us. He is a big blessing. He is a Filipino by skin, but he's like an Italian in Filipino skin because he grew up, uh, was born and grew up in, in Italy. Uh, as a result, he preached this morning in the Italian uh, uh, ministry, but he also preaches with the, uh, Ita- uh, the Filipinos, and he's also involved in youth ministries. Um, he has a gift of music, and um, he's a real blessing, and that God would use him and help him uh, to greatly profit from this 13-month period of, of ministry. And uh, he is engaged and will be getting married, uh, and uh, he made sure that his bride-to-be is, is sold out to ministry as well. And she is, wants to be that helpful help meet, uh, mate uh, for him. And so we are grateful for that uh, provision. Pardon? His name is John Carlo, but it's not J-O-H-N. It's G-I-A-N Carlo, C-A-R-L-O. Okay. Then, uh, lastly, that God would get us, give us good health and safety and effective ministry while we're here in the States. That God would use us to encourage churches. Uh, we have been in some, especially small rural churches that are really going through difficulties, and we want to be of encouragement to them and to challenge them to, uh, to do what they can uh, and reaching out to their areas and not get discouraged and, and give up. 
So we feel like God has given us uh, an important ministry uh, during this furlough time. And so, yes. Okay, in the Italian work is Marco, M-A-R-C-O, and Luigi that was already mentioned. And I, we're the three elders, and then we have our deacons as well, Matteo, M-A-T-T-E-O, and our son-in-law, Donato, D-O-N-A-T-O. And then the Filipino work, John, Giancarlo's father is Roderick. By the way, I, I had the privilege of leading all these people to the Lord, and it, it's really neat to be able to see them grow. They're like spiritual children in the faith. Roderick is Giancarlo's father, R-O-D-E-R-I-C-K. And um, he is a very godly person, and their, their three children are all honoring the Lord. Uh, so the, he, uh, Roderick and I co-pastor the Filipino church. And then there's Slato for the Gypsy Church, and his uh, nephew, um, uh, Sony, S-O-N-Y, um, and he is also a right-hand man there for him in the ministry. And then in the Arabic ministry, it's Anwar, A-N-O-U, A-R. Um, he was a Muslim that I led to the Lord, and he is presently, uh, I think he's in Germany right now on a week of, of, he had a week of vacation from the factory where he's working, so he's up there in an evangelistic event. But he and his wife, Nela, are very active in evangelistic uh, work and discipleship among Muslims. Um, the house church is Paolo, P-A-O-L-O. -O. Uh, uh, and I'll stop there without going into all the, the other ministries I mentioned. Yes. I think our time is up. Um, which one? Anwar. A-N-O-U-A-U-R. I always have to think twice because we're not used to having so many vowels in, in <laughs> together in English. Okay. I th think uh, I'll continue on during the message, uh, bringing some more uh, examples from the work as well as expounding on the Word of God. So thank you a lot for your wonderful attention. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together. Thank you for these dear ones who have... Uh, loved us and has supported us and prayed for us. And thank you for their investment in the work in Italy. And we thank you for what you are doing because without you, we can do nothing. But we do thank you because with you, we can do all things that you are there to fortify us and to strengthen us and to guide us. And we thank you for what you are doing to build your church. In Jesus' name, amen.